You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 71 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here today with one of our co-hosts, Jay Desai, our other host, our other host, Lee Fields. Where is that guy? He is, he's out. He is on vacation with his family. So part of why we didn't have an episode last week was because of the sort of early summer hiatus slash uh, trying to get everybody back in the swing of things. So sorry for those of you who were expecting an episode last week. We uh, are back at it today. So welcome, Jay. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. Um, I'm jealous of Lee's vacation. I know. For those of you who haven't caught up with his Instagram or Facebook, he has been with his family at several national parks, and they have been hiking like 10, 12 miles a day in some of the most beautiful places you've ever seen. So it's been great for them, great for him, much needed break. And It's so, been great for us. We haven't had to deal with Lee in days. It's true. It's really, it's really refreshing, actually. It's good. What have you been up to? I know you guys had Lyft last weekend. Lyft was great at church. Um, yeah. Honestly, there's several MXU people that came and said hello. Oh, cool. Uh, one, one guy caught me <laughs> right in the middle of a transition uh, as this, you know, uh, these impossible stage transitions in, uh, in unrealistic timeframes, of course, but um, we, which we got it, but uh, he caught me in the middle just yelling at everybody. <laughs> it was great. Poor guy. I hope he didn't hear anything too bad. I mean, not that I'm a bad human. No, 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 no. You're fine. Sometimes you just get a little passionate. Yeah, yeah. I just want excellence. No, well, it's great. You're, you're just adding to Webster's Dictionary as often as possible. <laughs> multiple languages. Making up, yeah, making up new words in uh, multiple languages. I so. honestly, I will tell you, there was one point that, uh, not to go straight deep into something, but there was one point that I was kind of mentally uh, un- unhealthy in, in the moment, you know, uh-huh. just feeling all the pressure. And the sweet, sweet, sweet door holder came up to me and said, Hey, do you need a water? And in that moment, I was like, Yes. <laughs> like I actually do. And it just kind of calmed me down. And she didn't need to bring me a water, you know. And yeah. She went and got a cold one out the fridge too, not just one oh, of those that's sweet. it was it was very like it was a small gesture that uh leveled me back out for a second. So good. Well, you know, in the back of her mind she was thinking, This guy needs a Valium. Maybe I'll just <laughs> offer him a water. <laughs> this guy needs to go to his car and take a time yeah. out. Um, that's funny. I I always don't brag about Crowder because He's Crowder and awesome in his own right, but he played and it was when his record came out. Yeah, and I had missed sound check because I was doing some other transition stuff, and and uh, all of a sudden I look up and Jr. the bass player uh, is singing from David's mic and rocking hard like three eleven Red Hot Chili Pepper style. And, yes, and David's just yelling into his mic from behind him. It, it was rock. It was rock and roll at its finest, but it was That's great. That's awesome. They did great, and and uh, it sounded great. Q did great, and um, Josiah Vic, their monitor guy, has just got the sweetest temperament of monitor guys, which I just really enjoyed. That's great. Well, for those of you who haven't listened to it yet, you got to go and download, stream, however you get your music. Go check out Crowder's Milk and Honey. It's a the new record, and it's great. Okay, great new songs. Do you know it's in Atmos? Is that it? 
Yeah, that's one of them. I think they mixed his album in Atmos. So if you have AirPods and have done the update you, and you download his album, you can listen to it in the new Spatial stuff. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Which I'm so perturbed and annoyed about. But it is such a Crowder thing. Like no, for him. No, not just him, the whole thing. It feels like there's no standardization yet. Everyone oh, is getting yeah. into the spatial thing, and it's everyone's got their own approach. So how do we know the way it was mixed? And now, to say the Crowder wins a Grammy, the two mix engineers win the Grammy? I don't know. Who did the Atmos mix? I uh, forgot the person's name. Um, here in Atlanta, but but crazy and that all that to say like, you know, artists approve three two uh, D mixes. You know, your normal mixes yeah, it's, or artists. Well, it's hard them. enough. It's hard enough to get an artist to approve that and to agree with A and R and the label and management. Like to get everybody on board with a stereo mix is hard enough. I can't imagine getting everybody on board with exactly at most. And it's a new way of thinking. So. Do I really care what some A&R guy that doesn't really understand spatial design thinks? You know what I mean? Like, I have yeah. all these questions, and then is is what Apple's doing the same as what's, <clears throat> excuse me, Sony will do, or you know, or my home theater's new spatial thing will do? Right. I've got well, all these standards not. And questions. Yeah. So. There's there's probably not going to be a standard for a while. I know there's an Atmos standard, but sure. how that gets how that gets decoded if you if you only have you know, a 2.1 or 5.1 or whatever. It's like, okay, how's this going to get translated as it moves its way down the pipe? So, I wish I had saved it. Uh, our friend, Mr. Pascal, had a rant on Instagram about it. Being really? A, being a mix engineer and, and all that. But yeah, anyways. Well, I've got a good friend. Actually, we've talked about having him on the podcast before. Um, Webster, my system tech from Lauren Daigle days, oh, yeah. is doing a lot of stuff in Atmos. And so we were going to have him on to talk about it. I need to make that happen. We haven't been able to coordinate schedules yet, but he'll be glad to talk about it because he's crushing it in terms of his setup and how it's working. He for built so, a, a Atmos studio, right, in Nashville? Yes. Yep. We'll have that combo soon. Um, so Lyft was great. So it's funny. For those of you who don't know, Lyft is a uh, worship collective that's sort of born out of Passion City Church. And so they had their big conference over the weekend, Friday, Saturday last week. But at the same time, I was in Nashville with the Southern Baptist Convention getting ready for their big thing this week. Um, their, the big fist fight session where they decide the new rules for the denomination wasn't, wasn't as much a collective as a, a no, just one kind of group. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, their business meeting was on Tuesday, Wednesday, but the weekend before, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, they had a pre-conference thing um, where, funny enough, Crowder was there on Sunday night. Uh, so he came from Lyft to Nashville to do one of the sessions at the conference where I was. Do you know what's crazy? What's that? What day did he play? Sunday. Okay, he was with me Thursday. Friday and Saturday, he played in Vegas. Right. And then came to you. He went Atlanta to Vegas to Nashville. Yeah, they went straight from Vegas to us. And yeah, it was crazy. So they did two shows. JR told me that the first one was outdoor amphitheater. It was basically 110 degrees, sun beating down onto the stage. The next day, 
was 110 degrees, but the sun was going the other way. And so they were at least under the canopy of the stage, but they were, they were fried when they got to me. Um, but it was great. I mean, the new songs went over incredibly well, obviously Crowder and the guys are so much fun and everybody had a great time. So the, uh, lineup for me was Michael W. Smith, Crowder and Matthew West. So that was kind of fun. It was all Um, very different. They're all very different, but got to see a bunch of old friends. And so that was really cool. So yeah, we all had a, and it was, it was fun. I know you experienced this too. It's really fun to be back in a room with a lot of people in worship together, like hearing crowds sing together again is really refreshing. And I know that everybody, as events start opening up, concerts start rolling again, everybody's going to be really excited to get back into this. So I was chanting, not as much singing, with uh, 45,000 of my closest friends at the Atlanta United game yesterday. Yeah, all that chanting for a tie. How Man, I was so, how's that? How's that satisfying? Though? I was with uh, brother Ryan Lewis, if you know him. Oh yeah, he Dave went, Matthews. Yeah, he went to the game. Well, was, the it, thing that's frustrating to me about soccer is I don't like a game that can end in a tie. Why don't they just penalty kick till they're done? I don't understand. Like, why is that only certain tournaments or certain matches that? let you actually do PKs till there's a winner. I know. It's kind of an, I was really annoyed yesterday, but I went straight from church to there and it was good times. Well, speaking of Atlanta sports, Hawks had a big win last night against the Sixers game seven, going to the Eastern conference final. So go birds. They played Philly yesterday too. Yeah. Um, Philly, Philly. Yeah. We soccer played Philly earlier and the Braves didn't play. Uh, Braves played the Braves. Braves played the Cardinals. Yeah, they played St. Louis yesterday. In a doubleheader. So big sports day yesterday, including John Rahm winning the U.S. Open. So, I mean, I was glued to the TV on Father's Day for a lot of different things, which was fun. Oh, happy belated Father's Day. I did not wish you Well, thank yesterday. you. Thank you. So a couple things we need to talk about. One, the tour. I mean, tour sales are going great. They are really going great. You guys are about to start some serious production conversations about just what we need and what we're doing and how we're how we're doing it for the tour. So I know we're all getting excited, but I got to I got to let everybody know though, Dallas only has four tickets left. So if you were planning on going to Dallas, you better buy it because the sellout is coming. Other cities are selling out as well. So um, and here's a side note, okay. If you were thinking about, okay, I could choose a city to go to and which one should I do and all that, Nashville is the final city on the tour. And just for the after party alone, I'm telling you, you're going to want to come to Nashville. It is going to be the best. I feel like Nashville is where where I get just ridiculous because it's the last one. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got that. We've got a bunch of giveaways. We've got uh, a special surprise plan for the after party it's going to be really fun what if y'all gave me away that's not a bad idea we could we could raffle you off to the highest bidder (laughs) (laughs) is there a return policy sir (laughs) he he ate us at a house and home (laughs) speaking of when when can i come up to greenville man 
you are always welcome in Greenville. You better, che- we need you to better go- check with the wife first before you make it. Uh, she'd love to have you. We need to go eat again. The last time y'all were here, it was fun. We went to Husk, a new barbecue place. Uh, but actually, by now, I think next time you come, Lewis will be open, mm. which is serious. It's a serious Lewis- barbecue. Lee probably won't like it because there's probably some better barbecue somewhere in California. You know. Well, he's not here, so he doesn't get to, he doesn't get to vote. Yeah, true. So the other thing we need to talk about is what's new for MXU Now. Um, For those of you who aren't subscribers to our video library, uh, you need to be because we're releasing new content all the time. So for those of you who are subscribers to MXU Now, be on the lookout for a new playlist that is dropping tomorrow, which is Tuesday, June 22nd. And it's actually yours truly on a Digico SD12. So we've got a bunch of videos on different topics on just basic workflows and inner workings of a Digico SD console. So I use an SD12 as the example, but most of what I talk about is applicable to a 9, a 10, a 12. Um, So I think you're really going to like it. We've got everything from console basics like routing and preferences all the way up to um, creating a mix from start to finish. And so um, it's... Gosh, I would say a couple hours worth of content total. So if you're if you haven't checked out playlists yet on the MXU Now and Teams website, you got to do it because uh, we're trying to do stuff like this all the time, and we're adding more console specific content every month. So be on the lookout because we're trying to give you guys what you want. So have fun with that. Um, are we gonna have a video of me and Rusty wrestling? I hope so. I think we should do, you know what we should do on the tour? We should do every day you guys should wrestle like one three-minute round, and we'll just make a compilation as we go across the tour how many times Rusty gets pinned. Yeah, if I can get if I can get the leverage on him, he's down. But yeah. he's spry. He's quick. He's quick, but you've got a low center of gravity. And hey, I'm dense. <laughs> yeah, some people might say thick, but... Thick cut bacon. Yeah, I um speaking of, I need to pull this up real quick. So, someone, multiple people, which is the sad part, sent me a um uh an Instagram yesterday of uh this car. You 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 can see it right there with it says stay home if you sick, come over if you thick, hashtag COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says. That pe- several people sent me that bumper sticker. Well, if the shoe fits. <laughs> My friends really know me. Okay, moving on. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, because Lee is not here and because everybody seems to be on sort of an early summer hiatus, we don't have a special guest today. So this is just you and me chatting. I'm just going to text but, everyone I know right now. Okay, that's a good idea. But So while you're working your way through your contacts, um, I've seen a few posts lately that are interesting and maybe a little concerning and maybe we have something to say about this so we've talked several times about this topic in general but lately i've seen a lot of people commenting and posting around this idea of overwork slash burnout slash the need for rest and so i know how much that has meant to lee this last week as he's been out with his family and being away from everything um but here's, here's the interesting sort of other side of the coin. 
is I saw a post from a friend of ours on our favorite Facebook group uh, around church technology. And his question, you know, I, I don't know if he was just trying to poke the bear a little bit or if he was seriously looking for answers. But the question was, if we're rooted in the word and every aspect of life is wrapped up in Jesus, do you believe that you can ever truly burn out in ministry? So the implication is, gosh, if you're doing this for all the right reasons and you're grounded in all the right ways, then could you actually burn out? And so there were a lot of comments and a lot of stuff. So I just thought we'd take a little while today and maybe try to unpack that idea. I didn't read that. I probably would have got super annoyed. That sounds like some Sunday school BS to me. Well, it, it, it could, but here's the deal. I get the spirit behind the question because you know this this will take us back to our MXU coaching days. And so we'll we'll kind of uh have a little, I don't know, not super deep, but an important conversation for the next few minutes. So, so there's a warning on the back of every piece of gear. You've got the, you know, the UL symbol and right by the IEC cable, it usually has this warning. It says improper grounding may result in shock hazards, right? Yep. Nobody wants yep. to plug in their gear and get shocked. So you got to make sure you're properly grounded. So I think where this guy's question was coming from is the assumption that if our grounding is in Jesus and our identity is in who God says we are, then we are less likely to run the risk of burnout. And I agree with that, but there are a lot of times that a lot of us just get that a little sideways. And so it's a good reminder, but it's not always just automatically true that a if you're a believer then b you won't burn out true because what uh, is it was his question specific to ministry positions good question i mean he posted it in the church sound media text page gotcha, so gotcha. i assume so cuz my argument would be the truth is for me and and uh i know that everyone's probably differs on this a little bit but i'm i'm always right so just let's start there it's I understand. it's a job at the end of right. the day, you are employed by an organization, a business that provides services or products or whatever it is. And so it is a job. Now, the reason you're there is different. The reason you work there is obviously you're a believer, you enjoy production, you feel called to doing that. But my argument, I've had this pet peeve for years, so stop me when my tantrum gets too far, but worship no, leaders, I get these people in my life over the years have said, like, especially when in your early 20s, they would do nothing. They would sit at home and they would lead worship on Sunday. And then the other six days they're sitting at home and they're wondering why they're broke or they don't have any money or why they don't have any opportunities. They're not doing anything to get more opportunities. And the only thing they can tell me is that God has called them to be a worship leader. And my argument was, is that is not what God called you to do for your occupation. He, You can lead worship and not get paid to do it. You can run sound and not get paid to do it. You can be a pastor and not get paid to do it. If the calling is there, then then why wouldn't you do whatever you can to take care of all your other responsibilities so you could do that? And so, well, and even if you are called to be a full time vocational worship leader, that doesn't mean necessarily that you automatically have the platform to do that. I'll I'll preach here for a second, and we'll go back to First Samuel when David gets anointed as king. 
Mm. He's anointed as a shepherd boy 15 years before he gets the platform of the throne. So what's he doing in those 15 years? He's continuing to be a shepherd. He's taking care of the sheep. He's out in the field. He's in the muck and the mire doing what his dad needed him to do down on the farm until his platform was prepared. Yeah, that's good. And so it's great. just because you're called to do something or you feel a calling to do something, even if it is vocational, don't assume or presume that you can just sort of sit around until the platform is there. Yes. Sometimes God has other things for you in the process that you need to go and work at Starbucks or you need to go and, you know, push boxes into UPS trucks or, you know, mixed clubs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, play, playing clubs, do tour, you know, do whatever. Yeah. You do, do whatever something you on a tour, do. work in a production company, whatever you need to do totally. to make a living for you and your family in the meantime. And that is when God is going to refine you and, develop you and mold you into the leader that he needs you to be when that platform is ready. And I do think God honors people's desires, you know, that when they're in in line with your calling, like I think that people could see, I would like people, I could hear people and I've heard people say, I would love to be on staff or a church where I could do this and do that. And I think God honors that stuff. But what we know as church now is very new in the grand scheme of life occupational income-based yeah. positions and all that. That wasn't true even 50, 60, 70 years ago, you know? Right. Very. It's not true for a lot of churches now. Still to this day, right. Uh, I mean, when I, was, when I was at the SBC conference last week, a lot of those pastors in the room are bivocational. They might be part-time at their church, but they're working somewhere else most of the week because their church just doesn't have the resources to pay them full-time. So it happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, honestly, I got a panic call from a friend of a friend. It's actually uh, a f- friend of mine's dad's best friend <laughs> has uh, down here just south of Atlanta, and he called me at 9.15 the other night, and he's an older gentleman, so I was a little taken off guard when he called at 9.15, um, and he said, I just need your help. I've got a bunch of static coming out of the speakers, and he's bivocational, <clears throat> and he... um he said, there's a, a business across from my office that said they could come out, but it would cost this much. And I just said to him, hey, man, let's just turn it all off for a second. Yeah. Because he's sitting there in the, in the static, and I could see. There was no one at church at 9.15 p.m. They had just got done rehearsal, and I could tell his anxiety had swelled up, you know? And so mm-hmm. I was like, hey, just turn it all off. Okay, let's just like hit those power amps down there. And I've been to the church, so I know the little presonus desk and the system. We got, let's turn off, let's just start over. And we just, we found where the issue was. You know, we just did a little process of elimination, but he's yep. bivocational. And he said to me in the phone call, he goes, I just want to make sure it's perfect when they come in for church on Sunday. And I, I love that. This guy's got plenty, I'm sure he's got other things to do at 9.15 on a, on a weeknight, you know, and he's just oh, panicking because yeah. he wants Sunday to be great. So yeah. uh, honor your... I think we could sum it up with honor your calling by doing right by what's in front of you and, yeah. until your platform's ready. But I, I like that you had scripture to go with that. That summarizes way better. So I think that fits with the spirit of the question in a way that, like, if, if you hadn't been there for this guy to sort of talk him off the ledge a little bit and be there to sort of buffer some of his anxiety or whatever, then it can turn into a situation where it's just, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We got, you know, you get in panic mode and then you're 
if if you see your life as sort of a an input strip on a console, it's like okay, the gain is getting pushed up, and we're starting to get into the red a little bit. And if you spend too much time in that mode, you're going to start clipping. And when you do, that's when sort of the shrapnel starts coming out relationally. And I think you know when we talk about guys who are on the edge of burnout, that's when they're starting to feel it is when it affects the relationships around them. Like they start reacting short with their wife or snapping at their kids or being sort of drawn into passive aggressive behavior or starting to just resent kind of where they're at. And that's when it gets real dangerous. So without somebody like you to be there as a buffer, you know, who knows over time where this guy, whether he's vocational full-time or not, where that spirit might end up. So I get it. This The question on Facebook was, okay, assuming that we're grounded where we're supposed to be, then this shouldn't happen. But even for guys who are where they're supposed to be, it's easy for it to get out of whack sometimes because you don't have that checks and balance in place. No, I think that's, I think that's good. Um, I think we live, it's easy for production people first in last one's out right i think it's easy for us to live in fight or flight mode where especially like event weekend like a a conference weekend or a summer camp or um (laughs) covid honestly you know guys pivoting to streaming and stuff i think it's easy for us to shut down the stuff that needs to be attended to and our bodies go into flight or flight mode which is why we can operate with little sleep a lot of times and mediocre coffee and all the rest, yep. and can push through that. Um, tending to yourself, you know, taking those breaks, like you're saying, and uh, addressing those things is is realizing it. You know, having accountability too. Telling someone that person bringing me water the other day wasn't me needing water. Right. It was this person looking at me, even though I was in a position of leadership, looking at me, going, "This this guy needs a minute. He needs a break." And yeah. her way of doing that was going to get me a a cold water and bringing it to me to give me a cool down lap. And it was able to deescalate me pretty quick, you know? Yeah. So, but in, in context to, to this, I don't think the two go hand in hand with what he said. I agree with you. Um, yeah. I think that, uh, what I feel like God's calling for me in my life is, and I'm not on staff at a church, neither of you, but work very closely, obviously with churches. I've, I would consider my life in ministry. I wouldn't, consider my occupation ministry, but I feel like I do ministry in life. Um, And uh, I think that in the moments that I need a little extra, my calling is what pushes me a little further because I know what weighs in the balance. You know, I know the sacrifice Mm -hmm. required to kind of pursue to connect with people and to help people. Um, I have done it unhealthy several seasons in my life. Um, I have done that and gone, I need to push through and get this done and help people. And it's come at the consequence of something in my life. So, yeah. yes, I think our calling can allow us, can sustain us a little further. Um, but we are human and we right. we have the same uh, build, human build as a non-believer. And yeah. so we are only human. We uh, Our calling in life allows us to push a little further. Yeah, um, I think you're right. And I think... You know, I think there's some practical things that we 
need to think about like if this if if we carry this analogy further, you know, this idea of um shock hazards and how you know this sort of gain structure type approach, you know, a power amp works best when the power ratio is at about 70%. So you've got plenty of input, but you've also got plenty of headroom, right? So this idea of headroom, you know, we need that so that when the trouble does come or when the stress moments happen or when we get those last minute sermon notes or when we get the, you know, unrehearsed moment that needs our full attention and we're kind of white knuckles on the console trying to manage a transition, all those things, when they come, we have enough space to be able to turn down the noise, you know, to have to have enough headroom so that we can let God turn up our purpose and to be, you know, to be in those moments fully so that we're not clipping coming out of it. Um, so I think for some guys, you know, it's it's just a good exercise coming into summer. You know, kids are off school. Maybe you do have a vacation planned. Maybe we maybe it's a good time to ask ourselves a couple of questions. What keeps you too busy and distracted, maybe, from God's purpose for you, your true grounding? And maybe another good question is, what do you need to limit in your day-to-day? Like, what what are some things that you need to just sort of tune out so that you can be more focused and kind of tuned in to what you're supposed to be doing? Because a lot of us are too easily distractible, and we get sideways because of things that just keep coming at us. And we want to be the guy who's the problem solver and who can get everybody out of every situation. And sometimes- That's me to a T, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you got to say no and be okay with saying no. But I think some of our work environments reward that. You're right about that. And what that doesn't allow us to do is pass the torch or raise up someone under us because we're the one that's always in demand. So some of that is leadership- kind of making you be in demand. And some of that is the ego of really feeling good about being the guy who can be called upon. So how do you, how do you balance that? It's limiting too, though, because when you're happy or you feel the gratification of being the guy called upon, that you're, per, you're, con, uh, you're saying there's nothing more for you, you know, because that position yeah. is rewarding. But I think the Hard part of that is is that the cultures, a lot of our cultures are not um, ones that allow advancement, and we get pigeonholed into positions. If you're a really great front of house guy, if you're just killing it at front of house, why would the why would another position be best for you? You know what I mean. But I know. but if you're the guy always in the seat, what if there's a guy just waiting on the bench that's better than you? So I think that it's if we can just be aware of our surroundings, the kid that's been shadowing you might be better than you, and it's okay. But maybe what if you're the guy that raised him up and set him to sail? You know. And so I think there's a healthy balance in that too. You can't negate your job. You don't want to like you don't want to be the guy that shows up seven, but you made that kid come at five just because he's there. Right. You know, until uh, when he does have to pay his dues, let's be real. Some some of y'all <laughs> listening to this never paid your dues and it shows. Yeah. Where's Corey? Is he on this? <laughs> That's funny. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I think it is it is a very difficult thing to do because I've been like I love sitting behind a console crafting a great mix. There's nothing more gratifying to me than 
pushing faders and being in that sweet spot where you're like, golly, this sounds so good. And I'm responsible for communicating through the PA what the band is trying to do. It's like that is one of the greatest feelings in the world, especially in a big room with a big crowd. But equally important is for me to be open-handed and to be okay standing beside and behind the guy who's coming up next. And man, for a lot of us, that might be the project we need to engage in for the next few months is, okay, who are you going to pour into so that you can transfer some of that knowledge and influence and experience and all that stuff because i think lee has done a really good job of that over the years even before i knew lee i knew people that had come out from under lee yeah in the touring world there's several guys that have come from lee's care you know and still yeah and i love i like that about lee and then he still mixes he's still engaged in in that thing you know Uh, Well, I look at guys, I look at guys like Nick Geiger and Joseph Morakovitz and guys that I've had the honor of pouring into a little bit and they're crushing it. And it's like, man, I I love, like that's, that's equally gratifying in some ways as standing at the faders, making a great mix is seeing where they've come and how much further they're going to take things than I ever did. So, I mean, I think it's both. I think you know, they benefit from standing beside watching, but then I benefit from kind of turning them loose and standing behind them. Well, this, I mean, you, you always got to bear fruit somewhere. Exactly. Or you're kind of standing. So I love that. I think that we we can lead the charge in, in that. I love that if you look out in the industry as a whole, um, touring industry, there are several guys who got their start at church. And I think we we have a unique ability because when we have space, we have a physical, most of us have a church, a physical building. I know that several people loading in um, and that we have the equipment, right? you know, and we have the expertise or we we bring in the expertise or we do, you know, all that stuff. And so I I love that we can be a breeding ground for professionals um, and send them on their way. Yeah. Um, but I want to go back to this question. I keep coming back to it. So you mentioned summer vacations and all that stuff. I think, though, we can mitigate a lot of the compounded, like, 12-month stress uh, by making taking this into, into 52 weeks. Yeah. And how do we... Um, how do we do this on a weekly basis, right? Because I know so many churches that Sunday's the Super Bowl, but everyone's required back in the office Monday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, church weeks are generally Sunday through Thursday, but when your Super Bowl is on Sunday, do you really get Friday and Saturday off to some degree? You know. Well, and some churches have Saturday services, so they do Saturday Sunday and maybe give them Monday. So then you have Friday Monday, but Friday's really getting ready for Saturday, and Monday you might have a meeting. So. Is there really a, and it's not two days in a row. So how do you, I mean. I, for the record, let me go back and say, I love the grind. I'm in on the hustle. I love the yeah. grind. You need me to work two weeks straight with very little sleep. I'm somewhat like built for it. I'm built for war. <laughs> I get it. Um, you know, I, and so I, I enjoy that. I like it. I thrive on it. I have now, last few years since touring full-time, realize that I just need a minute after that. 
And I think that's the problem is we're not able to catch our breath. So by the time vacation time comes around, it's this massive exhale. And then it's right, right back into it. So we just need to find healthy ways. Maybe that's a conversation that we can have with people one-on-one because everyone's worlds look a little different. But I go for walks, which I never thought I'd go for walks. Like I actually love going for walks. I went on one in the rain the other day, yeah. even with an umbrella. Cause, uh, just just got to breathe a little bit. Yeah. You know, there's there. I think we mentioned this before, but I read this great article about how homes – are safe places, but when you're kind of having mental health moments, like or feeling a lot of stress and anxiety, having a, a ceiling so close to you kind of keeps a cloud over you. Uh, mm. I have 19 foot ceilings, so and big windows, so it's kind of nice. You got room for a lot of stress coming down on you, but I still go for walks, and so some yeah. of it's just getting outside in general. And the sun is, uh, even when it's cloudy, that that light is important for our soul. Outside yeah. of the house. Well, and it's other things too, like exercise and just getting the heart rate up and in a different way than what stress does, but in an exertion kind of way, releases those endorphins and gets, you know, positive, not just positive feelings, but actually your endocrine system and the stress level and all the way these sort of hormones in your body react to the release from exercise is a huge deal. And it's way too easy for production guys to just sit in their chair, even if it's a stealth chair, sit in their <laughs> chair and just be sort of face down in front of a keyboard and a screen for weeks at a time. And all of a sudden, the COVID-15 turns into the several years worth of 15 pounds. And all of a sudden, we got a lot of guys who've got 50 pounds to lose. And it's uh, it's a dangerous thing. My doctor told me uh, last time I had to go, he, he, and my doctor is a, a little hefty guy, too. He said, you really got to lose some weight. And I said, excuse me? I was like, how is this <laughs> work? I come, pay you money, and you're going to tell me to lose weight. I looks like you need to lose a little weight too, bro. And he kind of just smirked at me. He's like, yeah, but I'm the expert. <laughs> all right. All right, Chubby. I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. To That's, funny. Um, That's funny. That's funny. I think we just all got to find what it is that is our excel. For me, it's walking. Some people, it's working out. You know, I did go get pizza with a friend this past week, and we didn't talk. Like we we chatted, but both of us just needed to stare at the wall, just it, sit there and eat. Yeah, and it was honestly, it was great. I left very full, both from pizza and just my, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's doing really great and just got a new job. Oh, it's Tommy. You know Tommy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He just got this new job that is really a career uh, changer for him, and we just both were happy to be with each other and eating pizza and just very glad awesome. uh, for things in each other's life. And it was honestly just. Awesome. So, well, I think, you know, a lot of times having that other person can be a great release valve. It's not a, it's not somebody that you're going to constantly commiserate with and sort of gossip with and sort of, oh, ain't it awful and woe is me kind of thing. But no, a true friend who you can just go, man, I just need to be for a minute and we're okay just to not talk and hang out and have a beer or have a piece of pizza or go work out together or go walk and, just, you know, have that confidant who can provide not only accountability when you need it, but care. Not in a not in a weird way, but just somebody to be there. I mean, I feel like I feel like you've been that for me time and again over the years, where it's just like, dude, I just gotta go hang out. Um, I think that 
in in the midst of like uh, crazy work Sundays or something, without negating responsibility, being able to look at your direct supervisor or your colleagues or your coworkers, whoever it is, and just saying, "Hey, do you um, mind if I just take five? You know, yeah. honestly, I went to I went to go pee the other day. Can I say pee on this thing? I forgot. I think you so, keep yeah. giving me a list of words I can't say and I can't remember them. No, P is P is biological. It's okay. Okay, good. Um, so I went to go pee for the other day, but I went in the in the actual stall and I just shut the door for a second, and it just needed a sec. I just exhaled, you know, and it probably was only three minutes, but in somehow that little cubicle was my safe space. I so I think that even in the crazy Sundays, or I will often drive home, windows down, no nothing on the radio, you know. I try to. Yeah. Always, um, I try to use my car time to catch up with people on the phone, but sometimes, sometimes you just got to have the isolation of a nice, quiet car well, ride. Yesterday, though, I um, just redid the subs in my car. I've, oh, nice! I've got two tens pointed at each other uh, from opposite ends of the trunk, and I, the phasing was a little weird. And I know that's okay. nerdy, but I finally got it. And uh, Tower of Power digging on James Brown. Come on, this thing will shake your panties loose if I turn it up, bro. It I is. I love it. On point. Yesterday was that day. But anyways. So for those who are wondering, Dadu Worldwide literally has junk in the trunk. <laughs> literally. <laughs> That's so good. But you just got to find your thing. Um, I use the Headspace app. Uh, okay. I don't know if you, we can say things like that, but I have this app on my phone. Just for y'all that just need, maybe need uh, infrastructure around your timeouts, a lot of times yeah. the Headspace app. There's several other apps out there. Yeah. So I know people who use the Abide app as well, which is you know more of a biblical slash spiritual thing. Yeah, I got enough believers it, in my life. I don't need no, I know, any more Sunday know. school. But some people do because, honestly, part of the reason for some of this is that a lot of y'all aren't digging in spiritually, and you're using your work as an excuse to not focus on a relationship with God. So, I wonder how many church employees don't read a lot. Or pray. A lot. I just pray in my subconscious now all the time. And it yeah. it, it makes me feel way more. My mom always raised me and said I could talk to God at any time. And it didn't need to be like a formal kneel at, kneel and pray kind of thing. She says you can talk to God at any time. So yeah. just, in my older age, it just becomes way more in my subconscious. It's It's wild how freeing it is to feel that someone's always listening. Yeah, and it's probably a little unruly. I, God's going to have a few words with me <laughs> with some of my subconscious that I'm sending up. But well, Paul says, "Pray without ceasing." I think that's part of it is to be in a constant attitude of just conversation. But I which feel is great. it when I don't like whether yeah. it's a couple hours or a day. Man, there's been a couple of days at a time where I'm like pissed at God or just you know whatever the feeling. Motion is or, or t- too tired to even talk. And I feel that. I feel the loneliness. I feel the, the void, lack of thing. Yeah. Or if I haven't talked to my friends that are in my inner circle, same thing. So yeah. um, to answer the question, the great question that we started with, uh, the answer is yes, all of the above, and no, all of the above. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, part of it is we've referred to this before, but I think. You know, when we get to that actual burnout phase, you know, that's where, you know, we've definitely, in our sort of channel strip analogy, that's when we've gotten into clipping and we've been there for a long time. Because if we're truly burned out, then there ain't nothing left in the tank, right? So 
I think it's important to understand the difference between distortion and clipping because we can all extol the benefits of a great distorted guitar amp and it adds this level of sonic flavor and you know tape saturation is another kind of great sort of kind of distortion but digital clipping not so much right so there's this difference between distortion in terms of being working hard like you're saying grinding and that good feeling of a job well done and distortion you know sometimes that pressure is a good thing. Sometimes it's energizing. Sometimes it really is a challenge that we need to overcome. And when we do overcome it, it feels great. Um, God uses those things to refine us and to reveal things to us and to grow us and to expand our skill set and all those things, which are great. But if we haven't created the margin and the headroom to experience those things as a refining process, that's when we get into clipping. That looks like exhaustion, burnout, sarcasm, bitterness, all the things that just eat at us that are no good. You know, so we have to use the distortion sometimes to reveal where the opportunities are for God to work in us and help Ooh, us. Grow. I wish I had a B3 with me. Pastor. Come on, baby. So here's the deal. First Peter 5:10. I want to leave everybody with this. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, so after you've experienced that pressure, after there's a little distortion, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So the point is, God is there to restore us and to redeem us and to fulfill us as we come out of those seasons of pressure. So before we get to burnout, before we get into clipping, Let's rely and abide and lean on who God says we are in him so that he can use those times of pressure to grow us and make us better. Amen. And the people said, amen. Man, Jeff, that was so much good. You dropped the knowledge there at the end. If it wasn't Monday, I'd go for a lap. (laughs) take a run you know um i don't have my b3 but i do have a clarinet oh come on you can play under me anytime (laughs) it'll be charming snakes um guys get your tour tickets there are some fun surprises adam and i are going to work on some of the production this week i just think from the nerdy tech standpoint there's going to be some really fun stuff uh, that y'all can do uh because i'm not nerdy or techie at all and then i'll do all the fun stuff and uh like you know let's see if i can get an mxu hawaiian t-shirt to give away or something (laughs) oh that'd be fun so that's that that is something though we're coming up with some special tour only swag so you're gonna have some interesting opportunities to buy some mxu swag that we don't normally have so that'll be cool yeah we got mxu husky jeans do you remember husky jeans i do yeah how how rude was that slim slim regular and husky tough skins yeah yeah hey how's your How's your planning coming for your um, communion sessions? My communion sessions are going to be great. Good. They're going to they're going to be on the cuff and on the fly, and you just hope you're hope you're nearby. You'll know. You'll see the flare. I'm excited about the tour, honestly, because um, even experiencing the lift and a couple of people came and said, "Hey." couple weeks ago and you probably had this at SBC actually I know you did because a friend of mine was there and said I saw Jeff Sandstrom but I didn't go talk to him because he already had an audience <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah there were a few people coming up. Um, I just think it's great for all of us people who are in this very unique sliver 
uh, of life together to be together because we don't ever all get to be together. So I think yeah. that would be great. And hopefully we can laugh and, and take care of each other while we're in within each other's care, you know, and, and have a good time yep. and learn something. So again, tickets are almost gone for Dallas, Nashville, Denver, LA, all have plenty of space still. Um, Atlanta is selling out fast. Charlotte's selling out really fast. The people want to come see Zach Kimmery. That's all it is. Well, that's all it is for Charlotte, for sure. You think we can get Lee back next week, or is he still going to be vacating? He's taking this vacation thing out of control. I, I can already tell. No, you. I think he'll. I think his legs are getting tired. I think he'll probably be back next week because he has hiked. I think about a hundred miles this week. It's amazing. It so, looks unbelievable. Yeah, he's going to need a break. Yeah. We'll get him back next Maybe week. Maybe we can talk about you know monitors or something next week. That'd be fun. All right. Well, until then, everybody. Have a great week. Check in on each other. Take care. Let us know how you're doing. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Jay. Take care.